Our organization is moving up into the right and we take that and we say, man, this business is moving up into the right and therefore I am moving up into the right and as long as the value of the business is going up, my value as a human being is going up. And that strategy actually works out pretty well all the way up into the point that it doesn't. Well, hey there, if we have not yet met, my name is Alex Judd. I'm the founder of Path for Growth, and this is the Path for Growth podcast. Now, as a business, we exist to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. And this podcast is just another iteration of how that mission comes to life. Y'all, I'm excited. I'm stoked. I'm amped. I'm pumped. That's because it's January. Not only is it January, it's 2022. And here's the deal. You could be one of those cynical, pessimistic, no fun people that says, ah, what is it about a new year? It's just really another day. And man, people do all these resolutions and they probably drink too much champagne and then they don't follow through on them two weeks later. You could be one of those people people, but my hope is that if you're listening to this program or you're not one of those people, because surely some of that is true, but what I want us to focus on is, man, you have this incredible opportunity right now where there's so much momentum associated with you becoming someone tomorrow that you are not today. There's so much of the culture right now because it's January, because it's a new year that is focused on growth, and you could be one of those people that truly initiates transformation in your life starting right now. Does it have to happen in January? Of course not, but can it happen? in January? Of course it can. And you know this, growth is in the name of our business. I am so deeply, profoundly, outrageously passionate about the fact that you are a human being and therefore you can decide to grow. You can decide to move forward. And that decision can manifest into your actions and you can take a course or read a book or buy a class or have a conversation or build a friendship or create a budget. You can do all of these incredible things. You can start a diet. You can start a workout plan. You can hire a coach. You can establish goals for your business. You can create a vision. You can start hiring better team members. You can create values. There's so many things that you could do that could propel you into being a radically different person, leader, and organization, and spouse, and all of these things that you are not today. And I just get so pumped about that if you can't tell. And you've heard it over and over again, why we exist as a business. The reason why I left my full-time job to start this organization is to help impact-driven leaders step into who they were created to be so that others benefit and God is glorified. That's why we exist. But it's in the past year that we've really started to differentiate ourselves and started to understand, okay, what is it that we do? And practically what we do is we provide coaching and teaching and training that help those impact-driven leaders practice healthy growth. And what I wanted to walk through today here in the first podcast episode of the year is just some fundamental truths that we've learned and reflected upon about the practice of healthy growth. And the reason why I felt like it would be so appropriate and also so important to focus on these things today is because it's a principle that I was taught by a mentor of mine that I just believe deeply and focus on applying to my life, to our business, and I want to share it with you. It's you never have to recover from a strong start. So yeah, you can choose to grow at any time, and that's such a cool thing. You don't have to do it in January. You can grow in June. You can grow in May. Heck, you can even be crazy and grow in October. But you know what? You can also grow in January. And so 
this is an incredible time when there's so much momentum, so much motivation, and it's the start of a new year. And what would it look like for instead of you just being in this slog where you're binging some Netflix and you're being the same leader that you were and you're kind of always hovering around a five or a six instead of ever playing all out in a nine or a 10, what would it look like for you to say, man, what would 10 look like? What would the most incredible year for my marriage and my business and my family and my social life and my health and my intellectual life, what would that look like? And then how could I be about doing that? And I want all of those things for you. And that's what we're focused on in this podcast when we release content every single week. But here's the deal. I want you to do it in the right way. And what I've found is that so often we pursue growth while sacrificing health. And why I wanted to do this content today, these eight truths about healthy growth, is because you don't have to, right? And and that's the premise behind today's episode, is that you do not have to sacrifice your health in order to pursue growth. I believe that because I've seen it reign true in my life. I've seen it reign true in the lives of the business leaders that we work with, in our team. And I just know that it can happen for you, but it will never happen accidentally. Healthy growth always happens intentionally. So with that, we're going to run quickly through eight truths about healthy growth. And these are eight truths that we've observed in our lives, in the lives of the people that we work with. And I originally shared this at our Path for Growth retreat in Colorado Springs a handful of months ago. And it was such a powerful time to reflect on the fact that although we agree with these truths, we don't always live in alignment with them. So let's start with truth number one. Truth number one is kind of the premise of this whole episode. It's that health and growth are not the same thing. Again, health and growth are not the same thing. We've heard it said over and over again. People kind of get tough whenever they say it. They say, if you're not growing, you're dying, right? Haven't you heard that before? And maybe you said it before. If you're not growing, you're dying. Well, I just want to remind you that just because you're growing doesn't mean you're living. And I know a lot of organizations and I know a lot of people that are growing, but they're just as dead as those that aren't. So just because you're growing doesn't mean you're living. And healthy growth is possible, it's just not guaranteed. And what we better not do is confuse growth with health. Okay, you're hiring more people. You've got incredible revenue milestones that you're hitting. You're hitting all these goals personally. But are you feeling more alive? Are your relationships stronger than what they were? Do you like the person and leader that you are becoming? Because if you say no with response to any of those questions, well, the revenue number isn't going to create health for you. Now, here's what's so cool about this is your growth will not naturally create your health, but your health can naturally create your growth. And that's really important to remember. So as a leader, it's always worthwhile to recognize health and growth aren't the same thing. And man, you won't become more healthy by focusing on growth, but you can grow more by focusing on health. But more than anything, I just want you to recognize that just because you're growing doesn't mean you're healthy. And you as a leader for your organization need to prioritize both personally and organizationally. Let's move to truth number two. Growth for the sake of growth is dead. 
You know, there's some leaders that I've talked to before and we said, okay, like, where are you going in the future? And they say, man, I want to 5X my business this year. It's like, wow, you've got some energy behind that. Now, hear me out. I have nothing against 5X. I have nothing against 10X. I have nothing against 20X. But here's the deal. You've got to have a better reason than just 5X, 10X, or 20X. Right, so let's use the most exaggerative example. I wanna 20X my business this year. If you can't give me a better reason for 20X than just because it's 20X, right? If I say, man, why do you want a 20X? Well, because it's 20X, because it's growing. That's not a good enough reason, right? And that, and I will tell you, if, if it's growth for the sake of growth and you're just like, man, I don't have any reason to grow other than the fact that I just wanna grow and I just have to grow and I just need to grow, that is a dangerous place to be. Because you've bought into the lie that there will one day be this destination that will satisfy you. And what you need to remember is that satisfaction is possible today. And 10xing or 20xing or 50xing your business will never fill a hole in your soul. And so here's the deal. I I mean, I have nothing against growth, right? It's in the name of our business. And I love it. I'm obsessed with it. I think about it every single day. But man... Don't chase growth for the sake of growth. You'll get to the top of the mountain and you'll realize you're on the top of the wrong mountain. And I don't want that for you because that's a very empty, a very lonely, and a very isolated place. So if you are going to grow, if you are going to 10x or 20x, you better know deep down in your heart that your motive is rooted in something bigger than yourself and bigger than just growth. You need to make sure that it's rooted in things like providing for people, like serving people, like expanding a cause and therefore expanding opportunities for others. And here's the deal. We can play the game as business owners, and I've done this before, and I've seen other people do this before, and I've talked with leaders who are in the process of doing this before, where we say, oh, this is about other people. And in reality, we know deep down, no, this isn't. This is growth for the sake of growth. And I just want you to have the faith and the guts to believe that you don't have to grow just for the sake of growth. Now, if you're growing for a greater, grander, bigger purpose than that, that's awesome. But man, you better watch yourself like a hawk and you better watch your organization like a hawk. Because if we focus more on growing than on serving, we won't be satisfied with the people and the business that we become. Number one was health and growth are not the same thing. Number two is growth for the sake of growth is dead. Number three, we've already alluded to this, is fulfillment is an inside job. Now, let's be very clear. I I actually spent some time thinking about this a lot over the course of the past year. And one of the things that I kind of had to come face to face with is, man, we've actually talked about fulfillment on this podcast before in probably not a totally accurate light with regard to what I actually believe. The whole point of the creation story and the fall of man says that man on this side of heaven we will always experience this hole associated with the fact that sin entered the world and made us partially broken now what's so beautiful is that i believe and i hope you believe as well in the grace and power of jesus christ and what he's done for us but still we are living in a fallen and broken world and if we ever think that we're going to find that right career or that right spouse or that right lifestyle or that right work-life balance that is going to finally result in us being full that's not how it works folks at least not if you believe the bible 
And so we need to recognize that fulfillment isn't an unworthy pursuit, but we better look in the right places and we better set our expectations properly. So where do we absolutely not want to look? Well, let's go over a few. Money, sex, power, business. Those things, man, I'll tell you, we've seen enough people play it out. They don't result in fulfillment. And that's something worth remembering. And that's something I'd rather you not have to figure out by experience. I'd rather you learn from the experience of others and realize, man, those things aren't going to make me full. That doesn't mean that they're bad things in the right context. It just means that, man, fullness comes from somewhere else. And my belief, and it's okay if you don't believe this, but this is my belief, and I'm never going to ignore that, is that your fulfillment comes from a relationship with the God that created you. And that the only way that will ultimately be satisfied is when you are one day with him for eternity. But for right now, man, you get this ability to tap in and converse and spend time with the God that created you and recognize that that can happen regardless of where you are on an org chart, regardless of your stage of life, season of life, regardless of whether things are going great or whether they're going bad because fulfillment is an inside job. We have the guts to look internally and then point our eyes upward at the God that created us. Okay, let's go to number four. Contentment and growth can coexist. This is so important, and we've talked about this before on this podcast. I've fallen susceptible to the lie, and I've heard other people fall susceptible to the same lie that contentment is a negative thing. And I have literally heard business leaders say, man, I'm just, I just never want to be content. I, I, I'm just never content. And what they're alluding to is the fact that they don't want to be satisfied. And what they're really saying, I think, and I hope, is I don't want to be complacent. Now, certainly, complacency is not a good thing, right? Because complacency makes you soft. It makes you stagnant. It makes you stultified, right? It makes you a weak human being. And you know when you really are bad at serving people? Well, when you're weak, soft, and stultified, right? So, so I don't want you to be complacent because I don't want you to be weak. I want you to be outrageously strong. But here's the deal. Complacency and contentment are two radically different things. And sometimes I think that people are avoiding contentment so that they're constantly growing. And that means they're subscribing to a lifestyle of never feeling like they ever have enough. And man, I'm talking to some of you right now. Do you live with this nagging feeling that you are never enough? Do you live with the nagging and itching feeling that you never have enough? Here's the deal. You need to figure out how to be content today with what you have while still growing towards making things better for the future. Because, again, this is going to come back to a faith thing, and these truths are so fundamental that they're always, I'm going to always point to the theology behind them. You, again, you don't have to believe this, but I just believe that, man, the God that loves you and saved you and sent his son for you and created you, uh, he's accessible to you today. Right? The God that provides everything and plans everything and controls everything, he's accessible by you today through his word and the Bible, through his spirit that he's implanted inside of you and through the power of prayer, right? So what an incredible blessing that is. We've got to be able to be content in that regardless of what the circumstance is around us, right? Of course, happiness is circumstantial, 
right? If you want to be happy, eat some ice cream, right? Joy, contentment transcends all circumstance because lasting, sustainable joy and contentment are rooted in the fact that you have the ability to have a relationship with the God that created you. So you need to recognize that contentment and growth can occur at the same time. I have met examples. They are rare, especially in our culture today. They are rare, but I have met examples of men and women who are deeply content and joyful where they are while simultaneously being outrageously excited and abounding towards what's possible for the future. What if you looked like a leader like that? What if you said, man, my goals for the future aren't keeping me from being content today. I can do both at the same time. Again, this is not going to happen haphazardly. It's not going to happen accidentally. It's going to happen intentionally. So what are you doing to cultivate contentment just as much as you're cultivating growth? That's going to be important for you, but also for your team this year. Okay, let's move to number five, the fifth truth about healthy growth. I want you to say this, and I know it's going to be weird because you might be on a run right now. You might be in the car. You might be around some people listening to this in your office. I don't care. Just say it. If you need to murmur it under your breath, do it. Or if you need to do it later, you could do that. But listen to me real quick. I want you to say this because it's powerful to verbalize this because when we start to verbalize it, well, then we can start to live into it. My work is not who I am. My work is where I serve. Take a deep breath. Do you believe this? My work is not who I am. My work is simply where I serve. I have this hunch that if you're an impact-driven leader that uses their free time to listen to podcasts like this one, then you probably struggle a little bit, at least, maybe a lot, with intertwining your value and your identity with your work. And if that's the case, I would totally resonate with you. I can feel that. And this is something that I have to guard against every single day. But the thing that you have to remember is that your work is not who you are. Your work is where you serve. And the people that I really want to talk to right now are the people where things are going well. Because it's when things are going really, really well that we become tempted by this idea that, oh, this is who I am, right? Because we're growing, we're hiring people, we feel like this exceptional leader and our organization is moving up into the right. And we take that and we say, man, this business is moving up into the right and therefore I am moving up into the right. And as long as the value of the business is going up, my value as a human being is going up. And that strategy actually works out pretty well all the way up into the point that it doesn't. Because business isn't just up and to the right, and one day that is going to turn, and you should just expect that, right? It won't always be up and to the right, because you will be blindsided by something. Something will happen, or maybe just business will slow down, and that's not necessarily bad. That just is, right? That is the life cycle, and it's part of humility to recognize things are going to change, things are going to shift, and when that happens, you're going to really, really wish that you hadn't tied your identity to the growth and performance of your business. Because as long as the business is performing and growing and succeeding, it's like, yeah, man, it feels great to tie my identity to this. But that's not going to happen all the time. And that's when you're going to realize that the strategy that you bought into will fail you. And I don't want that for you. 
because I've seen so many people who make a bad time worse because, man, not only is now our business turning down, but I feel awful about myself and my value as a human being because I've equated this stupid line graph that tells me a story about my business, and I've said, man, that line graph also tells me a story about myself. That is just so ludicrous. That line graph that's measuring your lead and lag measures for your business, that's measuring your business's revenue, that's measuring your team member growth, all of those metrics, man, they're wonderful metrics, but they're completely irrelevant when we're having a conversation about your inherent and sovereign value as a human being. I want you to hear me. Your value was established long before your business was. And you need to recognize and regularly be reminded of the fact in the bad times and the good times that your work and your value as a person are not really that far intertwined at all. Because the minute you start to make your value about work, you're denying the God that created you. And you're denying the fact that this is about more than just your work. And so I want you to remember this. My work is not who I am. My work is simply where I serve. Okay, let's go to number six. My standard is commitment, not perfection. This is so important because it deals with the paradigm through which you look at the world. And if your standard is perfection, and I know I'm talking to some of you right now that are perfectionists, that right, everything has to be perfect. Well, one of the things that you will start to believe if you start to go down that road is, man, unless everything's perfect, I am not okay. And some of you probably would never use that language, but man, if you're self-evaluating honestly, you would say that's probably correct. Man, if everything isn't perfect, then I am not okay and we are not okay. Well, that's not great because that means you're never going to be okay. Because you know this, everything is not going to be perfect. There will never be a day where you say, man, we've finally arrived and this thing is finally perfect. No, there will always be problems, faults, imperfections, mistakes, and fallibilities in you and around you. And so perfection is a really detrimental standard because it will keep you trapped by guilt and more than that, it will keep you from ever moving forward because unless you have this perfect notion that, oh man, if I take this step, these results are going to happen and it's going to be perfect and I'm going to be perfect and we're going to execute upon it perfectly and I'm going to feel perfect about it. Unless you have that degree of confidence, you'll never be able to actually make a decision about anything and you will be stagnant and you will never actually make a decision with boldness. So we got to abandon the standard of perfection and what do we have to adopt? Well, if you want to practice healthy growth, you got to adopt a standard of commitment. So what is a standard of commitment? I'm going to do my best. And don't, okay, let's not scoop past that real quick. I'm going to do my best. Your best is kind of a big deal, right? We're not giving you a, a cue to be lazy. And, and you know, you can say, oh, well, best is subjective. What does best mean? Give me a break. You know what best means. You know, it, it feels like it, when you hit a baseball and just hits the middle of the bat, hits the meat of the bat, and you're like, man, that was it. That's your best. When it feels like that, and you know it when you feel it because you invested something that only you can give, that's your care. You actually cared about it. So I'm going to do my best. I'm going to care. What else am I going to do? When I make mistakes, because you will make them, I'm going to own them. So I'm going to do my best. I'm going to own my mistakes. 
I'm going to improve daily, and I'm always going to move forward. Do my best, make mistakes, improve daily, always move forward. That is a standard of commitment. And if you can apply yourself to that, well, the sky's the limit, folks. And what I believe that is, is it's stewardship. You're saying, I'm committing to moving forward. And regardless of the route that we take and the detours that we take, the thing that you can count on is, man, I'm going to do my best. And when I make mistakes, I'm not going to avoid them. I'm not going to excuse them. I'm going to own them. But then I'm also going to improve upon them. And then I'm never going to stop moving forward. Remember, my standard is commitment, not perfection. Let's go to number seven. God's promises are not found outside God's boundaries. This is a huge one, so I'm going to say it again. The seventh truth about healthy growth, God's promises are not found outside God's boundaries. This is something that I have to reckon with quite a bit, right? It's, it's that, man, I want God to bless my business. I want God to bless my life. I want him to bless my relationships. I want him to bless my finances. And, and, and really, I'm praying for his blessing and his promises on those things. But if I want to see those things come true, I have to attend to the boundaries that he's already given me. And what are some boundaries that he's given me? Well, he gave me this boundary called a limited finite body. And what does that limited finite body need? Well, it needs sleep, it needs water, it needs healthy food, and it needs activity. And sometimes we completely go over those boundaries and we sacrifice sleep, we don't drink enough water, we certainly don't eat healthy, and, and we don't move our body at all. And I'm not even going into what we're doing relationally or the choices that we're making and the decisions we're making, but we completely in our personal life sacrifice all these boundaries that God has given us about ourselves with regard to what we need to be the functioning human being that he created, and we go outside those boundaries and then we expect his promises to come fulfilled. We say, I'm going to sacrifice all of my sleep to build this business, and I'm thinking and praying that this business is going to fulfill, that this business is going to be blessed. Listen, you got to play within the framework because what is that like doing? That's like going out of bounds, running around the stadium, coming in the back entrance of the stadium, and then stepping into the end zone from the backside and saying, touchdown. It doesn't work that way. You're going outside the boundaries. You're going out of bounds, and you can't win the game if you go out of bounds. You need to stay within God's boundaries. So God created you to get a certain amount of sleep. God created you to eat and drink and take care of the temple that is your body. God created you to live in relationship with other people. God created you to steward the relationships that he gave you, being your spouse and your kids. And don't think that you're going to receive all of his promises for your business and for your family if you start to sacrifice those things that he's already revealed to you you should be taken care of. And so, you know, then the question comes up, well, how do I know God's boundaries? How do I know what those are? Well, that's the powerful thing that's called the Bible. And that's going to be what the next few episodes are going to be on. It's with Dr. Michael Easley, who's one of the most studied Bible teachers that I know, because he talks about really why it's important to read the Bible as our source of truth that talks about, man, these are some pretty healthy boundaries. And man, here's the deal. You do not have to believe what I believe. You don't have to believe in the God that I believe in. You certainly don't even have to believe in the spiritual truths that are in the Bible. But man, you should probably reckon with the fact that this is a book that has stood the test of time that billions, not millions, billions of people point to as the source of truth that most aligns with their sense of meaning in their life, man, you better not write that off as just uh, hogwash or mythology. 
There's something going on there, and you can interpret what's going on how you want to, but don't just ignore it. Pay attention to it, because there's some pretty solid truth in there about how to stay within the boundaries of a healthy and successful life. And in my experience, when I do those with regard to what he's given me in terms of his moral law and what he's revealed to me about wisdom, you know what goes really well? Everything else. And am I saying that it's happy all the time and that it's rainbows and unicorns all the time? Absolutely not. But you know the thing that I can count on whenever I'm staying within those boundaries is my relationship with him. And when that's good, it's amazing how everything else seems to simply fall into place. So remember this, God's promises are not found outside God's boundaries. Okay, and then here's number eight. I'm not going to see this finished. (laughs) Uh, This is a truth. And it can be one that's really tough to reckon with. Some of you are older than me. Some of you are younger than me. Regardless of where we are in age, we should all reckon with this truth. But really what I want you to know is that this truth is for our ideal customer, right? Because our ideal customer is an impact-driven leader. Now, if you are a person that is strictly building your business for profit or just building it strictly as an asset, right? And you can build your business as an asset and still be impact-driven. But if you're just building it as something that you want to grow for the sake of growth, well then, man, I, I think a lot of these truths may not apply to you as the most efficient and effective strategy. But if you are an impact-driven leader, recognize that the full scope of your impact and vision, if you have been successful, will outlast you. This is a pretty powerful goal to have. I want my business to still be here 200 years from now. That's a pretty remarkable thought because you know what's not going to be around 200 years from now? Me. You know who's not going to be around 200 years from now? You. And I want you to have a dream and a vision for your business that is so great, so grand, so big, and so bold that it goes way beyond you. And what's so cool about this perspective and about this model of looking at business and looking at the world is that when I say, I want my business to be around 200 years from now, and I do, I want Path for Growth to exist 200 years from now. You know what that means? It's this weird paradoxical thing that happens. It means that today, in the scope of 200 years, well, honestly, it doesn't really matter. Because 200 years from now, there's probably not going to be many people that are talking about this specific day. There's going to be probably not a lot of people that even know who I am 200 years from now. But you know what else it means for us to build a business that exists 200 years from now? It means that today really, really matters. (laughs) So in one sense, in the scope of 200 years, today doesn't really matter. But in the scope of 200 years, today really matters. Because if I can't do today well, if I can't be my best today, if I can't create thriving relationships today, if I can't build systems and structures that are healthy and sustainable today, why should I ever have the expectation that this thing could last 200 years? You know how many businesses don't last five years? So today really matters. Like we better have our act together. We better control what we can control. We better steward the assets and the, and the people and the resources that we've been given. We better be outrageously generous because we're playing a game that's above the game. All these things really really matter. And at the same time, 
what we do today, does it really matter? And so you've got to be able to live with that tension. Like, man, how is this going to, lots of this won't even be remembered 200 years from now. But at the same time, it's the price of admission to even think about 200 years from now. And I think that that tension is what we're supposed to live with as an impact-driven leader because that tension creates a remarkable sense of humility and a remarkable sense of detachment. And it means that you start to view this business not, as we talked about, as an extension of you. You start to view it as something that goes way, way, way beyond you because it's rooted in glorifying something that's way, way, way bigger than you. And man, that perspective can do a lot to increase and improve and deepen your level of health. Okay, let's review the eight truths real quick. Number one, health and growth are not the same thing. Number two, growth for the sake of growth is dead. Fulfillment is an inside job. Contentment and growth can coexist. My work is not who I am. My work is where I serve. My standard is commitment, not perfection. God's promises are not found outside God's boundaries, and I'm not going to see this finished. Y'all, I wanted to give you these truths because of what we said at the beginning. You never have to recover from a strong start. And my hope is that these truths will serve as a framework for maybe you to reinforce some of the things that you're already doing, but also maybe for you to course correct some of the areas where you're off. And that you'll establish a foundation and a framework for building something that is both growing and healthy so that you can be who you were created to be. But not just for you, so that others benefit and, as I would believe, God can be glorified. Y'all, if this episode was healthy, we'd love for you to be a part of everything that we're doing this year. There's so much that's going on in Path for Growth right now, and the way that we get that information out right off the bat is through our Worth It Wednesday email list. So every Wednesday, we send a principle worth learning, a question worth answering, a recommendation worth taking. We would so love for you to be a part of that list. Um, If you want to sign up for it, the link to that is in the show notes of this episode. Hey, we say this at the end of every episode. We're rooting for you. We're grateful for you. We want to see you win. Remember, my strength is not for me. Your strength is not for you. Our strength is for service. Let's go, let's go, let's go.